Well, hey, what's up? And welcome to the Move Church Forward podcast with Nick Newman. I'm your host, Nick Newman, and I am so excited that you've joined us today. We are going to be doing a uh, abbreviated episode. It's not going to be as long as a normal episode is, but I wanted to come today and talk to you about tracking numbers post-COVID. Uh, if you are a pastor, church leader uh, in ministry, you know that metrics matter. Numbers matter. They matter so much to God that he named a book in the Bible after him, right? Numbers matter because in the church, uh, it's not all about numbers, but here's what we believe. That every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. So the reason why we track numbers is because they matter. And uh, if people tell you that numbers don't matter, they're lying. If numbers didn't matter, they'd quit counting offering. Come on, somebody. You know, so numbers matter a whole lot. But the reality is tracking numbers post-COVID became a little more complicated, a little messy. And I realized it as things were kind of opening back up and, uh, I was able to go hang out with some pastor friends. You know, the number one question that people were asking were, how many people are you running a weekend? And the reality is, I don't know. When we factor in in-person attendance and church online attendance, we realize that numbers from an attendance standpoint become incredibly confusing and complicated, right? Facebook's numbers are really strange because you may have somebody watching from a house, but I know for some people on our team, if they were one viewer, it was actually five people. But then you've got the living rooms where people are on multiple devices and they count as two viewers, but it's actually one. So Numbers from an online standpoint are incredibly difficult. Numbers in person are a little easier to track, even though now they're less consistent. But I want to walk you through the process um, that I've been learning over the last couple of months that I think has helped me, and I hope that it helps and encourages you as well. So the first thing that I want us to talk about today is... Um, if you want to track numbers post-COVID, I think you have to shift your win. You have to shift your win. One of the biggest benefits that I think COVID brought us in the church is it made us destroy our idol of Sunday morning. Now, if you look all throughout Scripture, one of the things that you'll notice is God hates and detests idols. While I don't believe that God caused COVID at all, I believe he can use COVID uh, for his glory. And one of the things that it did for me is it revealed in me that my win for Sunday morning, a lot of times was that a whole bunch of people showed up. And while that's a great win because those numbers are names and those names have stories and they matter to God, the goal of the local church is that people are meeting Jesus and that God is glorified, whether that happens with three people or 300 or 3,000. And so it doesn't mean that attendance doesn't matter anymore, but perhaps we made an idol out of attendance numbers on a Sunday, and now there's an opportunity for us to shift our win and get focused on the right things. So for us as an organization, what we're now saying 
is that engagement is greater than attendance. Engagement is greater than attendance. So I may not have 400, 500 people showing up on a Sunday right now where we were pre-COVID, but I've got 150 people who are committed, who are serving, who are engaged, who are ready to go and grow. And I'd take 150 committed people over 500 people showing up with 50 people committed and engaged. So we've got to really be intentional about looking at those areas of engagement. So a couple of those areas would be, one, in person. So take a look at who's showing up, but who's not just showing up. Watch for the people who are hanging out before and after your services. Like look for those people who are consistent to get in a group and get involved and, and that, are, that are making in-person connection uh, a priority. We prioritize what's important to us. And when people are showing up and they're engaged in what you're doing, that makes a really big difference. Pastors, I'm not telling you that you have to look at um, the dollar amounts for who gives in your organization, but you should get a list of the top 20 givers in your church and take a look at those. Thank those people. Let them know that they're making a difference. Their engagement is changing lives. Look at people who are engaged online. So one of the things that I look for is who's commenting on all of our social media posts. Who's that person that's in the church online chat that is so fired up and you know like it has to be the Holy Spirit that gives them that energy because it's early in the morning and nobody's that happy. You know, who are those people who are sharing your posts consistently engaged and not just the people that you encourage to be engaged, but like who's going out of their way to create those moments of engagement and staying connected? Who's responding to the rhetorical questions in your emails? Like those are the people that you want to look at. Look at the people who are engaged in serving. When people are serving, they are making the conscious decision to be engaged in your organization. Look for those people who are not just settling for showing up once a month, but who are busting it every single week or who are showing up every other week. And they're not just there to fill a role, but they are living out their purpose. They are going above and beyond. And as you do that, as you start to look at people who are engaged in person, online, serving, commenting on social, they're plugged into groups, they're giving, you're going to quit being so defeated by lower numbers in attendance, and you're going to start celebrating the people who are engaged. One of the worst things you can do as a church and an organization, and I think for your health as a pastor or ministry leader is continue to focus on what you've lost and forget the faithfulness of God that's in the midst of your church right now. You still have people who are with you, and you can sulk and you can be sad about all the people who are not here. That's a part of ministry, and yes, it sucks, but there are still faithful people that God has planted in your house. There are still people who are serving, who are giving, and who are connected. And when we focus on their engagement, we get to have more joy. So shifting our wind does that. And I think the big thing that is helpful there 
is we're not only shifting our wind, but when we do that, um, attendance numbers make us feel good, but when they're engaged, it makes them feel good. So it's all about them at the end of the day, and it doesn't become about us. Here's the second thing um, I've started doing. Second thing is this, play the long game. Play the long game. Um, Your church was not built in a single weekend, and it will not be destroyed by a bad Sunday. It won't even be destroyed by a couple of bad Sundays. As a pastor or ministry leader, you know there's some weekends where you show up and you serve and you give it your best, and you leave that weekend going, man, that was just awful. It didn't go the way I thought it was going to. Worship was horrible, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's easy to fall into this trap of just getting stuck in going from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. But the reality is, if you look and think about where you want your church to be five years from now and work backwards, you're going to stop making decisions that impact a weekend and you're going to start making decisions that impact the culture and direction of your church. You don't need to put a Band-Aid on what's broken. You need to get ready for where God is taking you in the future. So play the long game. Don't get so caught up in what you currently see right now that you miss out on everything that God uh, wants to do in the future of your church. His best days are still ahead for you. So one of the things that I quit doing a few months ago is I just quit looking at in-person attendance numbers. They were, uh, they were honestly, they were making me feel sad. If, if like you want me to be completely honest, I was, I was starting to get depressed looking at in-person attendance numbers. So I just quit looking at them because I'm playing the long game. And we could be running 100 people a weekend. In fact, a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity. We were at a directional health meeting, which is one of the uh, staff meetings that we do once a month where we talk about all the metrics in our organization. And turns out we were running about 50, 60 more people a weekend than I even thought. So I may start looking back at numbers again, but it's still about 50% of where we were. So I'm playing the long game. I'm not going to get focused on what we don't have right now, I'm going to remember that the same God who allowed us to break 200 and 300 heading into 400 in the past has the ability to break 200, 300, 400, 1,000 today. That's what playing the long game is all about. And it also removes some of the pressure of you having to feel like every single thing has to be fixed by next Sunday. Because the truth is, it won't be. You're not going to make decisions in a week that change everything in your organization by next weekend. So focus on one area at a time. Raise the bar. Keep pushing forward. And don't give up. Because as you play the long game, it gives you the ability to see that God is continuing to do something incredible in your church and here's another thing to, uh, to know, leaders. Just because you collect the data doesn't mean you have to let it influence you. So collect numbers. You still need metrics. What I'm not telling you to do is to like have people quit counting attendance and quit counting money and things like that. I, no, you still need to do all those things. 
but don't let it influence the decisions you make. Because the only person that gets to steal your joy or gets to allow the enemy to steal your joy is you. Because the enemy's already been defeated. He only takes ground where we let him. So play the long game. I like to call it selective ignorance. You may have the numbers, but you don't have to look at them or be influenced by them to keep moving forward. We are playing the long game. And when you play the long game, uh, it gives you a great opportunity to encourage the team that you have that one Sunday isn't going to defeat us because a hard part for being a second chair leader is when you look up and you see your leader consistently defeated by numbers. That's tough. So lead pastor, hear me say this. Your team needs you to be encouraged. Quit playing the short game. Play the long game. And here's the number three thing. We are going to remove before COVID vocabulary. We're going to remove before COVID vocabulary. I heard Pastor Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands say that he was challenging their staff to no longer bring up where they were before COVID. I have been trying to do it uh, for a few months now, and let me tell you, it has been one of the most helpful things in this process because here's the reality. It does not matter at all how many people your church ran before COVID happened. The reason why we feel obligated to tell people how many people were here before COVID happened is because we feel insecure about the church that we're pastoring right now. And when we lead out of insecurities, people get wounded. So don't. Don't compare this season to the last. Even though this season looks like a decrease, God is bringing increase to the house that he's called you to. But quit dwelling in the past, right? Paul says, I quit looking at what's behind and I press forward. So COVID, I mean, it's not technically in the past. I think we're still, we're not like post-pandemic. We're like mid-pandemic. I think I'm not a scientist or whoever, you know, gets to dictate that. But don't continue to dwell on where you were. Get focused on where God's calling you, where he wants to take you, and where you're going to be down the road. And as you remove the pre-COVID or, you know, before COVID happened, we were running this many, or before COVID, we did this, you're going to be a lot healthier and happier because you're not comparing this season to the current reality that you find yourself in. Because that's where disappointment breeds. Disappointment happens between the gap of expectation and reality. So make the decision to remove before COVID vocabulary from you and your team. So as we track numbers post-COVID, let's shift our wins, let's play the long game, and let's remove this before COVID vocabulary. I hope this podcast has encouraged you and helped you today. And I would love for you to do me a favor. Don't listen to this podcast alone. Share this podcast with some of your team. It's about 15 minutes long. It'll give you the ability to have a great conversation about tracking numbers post-COVID. If this podcast has helped you in any way, we would love for you to leave a review and let us know how God is using it 
to help you continue to overcome obstacles and move church forward.